Good morning. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm a little nervous to share on the Holy Spirit just because it's like, you want to get it right, you know? I want to get it right. But we know we don't know everything. We don't have all revelations. So there'll be some things I haven't covered or whatever. So thank you for just letting me have a grace in that. Um, I'm wrapping up our series that we've been in for this last couple of months just on the local church. And hopefully you guys all have been reminded again just who we're called to be as a local church and what we're called to as a local church. Um, I know Hugh first started off the series with talking about being a prophetic church. Uh, we're a prophetic people, and what that means is that we, we still very much believe God wants to speak to us and is leading us and guiding us, intimately involved in the leading of this church, and we want to hear Him, and we want to pick up on the winds of the Spirit and where God is leading, and we want to follow, and we want to go, and that's what it is to be a prophetic people in a very short recap. And then Gavin shared on healing and just how much we, we at Restoration believe that God very much heals today. Still today, He heals. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, He heals today. Sometimes it's, you know, we're, we're trusting for that as a church. We believe and we have faith for it, and we want to pray for those who want healing, and we believe God does heal. Hugh spoke on being a family. We're not an organization. We're not a club. We're a family. We're not an institution, but we're connected supernaturally, knit together by Jesus, based on Jesus, around Jesus, centered on Jesus, and that's what brings us together. And we are added by God into a local church family so that we can grow, so that we can flourish, so that we can give, we can bring our gifts, so that we can help build up the body and the church here in this area to be able to be a blessing in this neighborhood. So we're a family. And he talked on kingdom, that uh, we're no longer of this world, citizens of this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. We're strangers and foreigners here, but we follow a different pattern. We belong to the kingdom of God. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, where Jesus is king, and his ways and his will is what rules and reigns in our lives. And it's often opposite to what the world thinks or sees as normal or the way the world does things. So we're part of the kingdom of God. And God is always advancing his kingdom. He's always advancing his kingdom on the earth, which is why restoration is here. Our hearts have kingdom in them. We don't exist for ourselves, but we exist for Jesus and for his plan and his purposes. And that's why we're here. So that was a recap on kingdom. And then Megan shared on being worshipers. Just that we are first and foremost worshipers of our king, like we did this morning, but we worship every day in our actions and how we live. We're worshipers of Jesus. And I have the privilege of sharing on the Holy Spirit. And this isn't comprehensive. There's other things we could have talked on. The word, um, there's lots of other things we could have talked on, but these are the one, the topics that we chose um, feeling that God was highlighting to us. So I'm sharing on the Holy Spirit today. I want to talk a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is and His work in our lives, His purpose, and then also the importance of being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And I hope I don't cry through the whole thing. But we are, um, we are very much a word church, a Bible-believing church. As you guys know, we taught on the book of Luke last year, and then we finished, we just recently finished a series on Colossians, 
So we believe that the Word of God is absolutely the inerrant Word of God. With It's you know infallible, without error. It is God-breathed. It's inspired. And we need to get the Word in us always. And we... Um, so we're very much a word church, and we're also a church that wants more of the presence and power of God. We are also a church that really desires the gifts and more of the Holy Spirit. So we're not one or the other, and we're not a church that just says we believe in the Holy Spirit, and then you never see any kind of, you know, um, result of that. But we actually want to trust and wait on God and ask Him to come and lead us and come manifest Himself in this place among us and show us more of his glory and to work in us. Yes, amen. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit so desperately in everything that we do. Jesus himself was filled with the Spirit. Before he went out into his earthly ministry and he was baptized, the Bible says the Spirit came down from heaven and descended on Jesus like a dove and it remained with him. So Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. So how much more do we need the Holy Spirit if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit for everything that he did? That's John 1.30. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't have slides today. So if you're waiting for them, I'm sorry. I don't have slides. So just <laughs> trying without slides. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not... I know, you know, there's terms like the Holy Ghost and things like that. But the Holy Spirit is not a ghost. And he's not a mystical being. He's not, you know, this really, woo, that's not the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is a person. He is a third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he is God. He is God. This is something that I've just been taking in more and more lately, is that the Holy Spirit is God. He's not an optional add-on in our faith. He's in charge. He's in charge, and we don't tell him what to do, and we don't say what he should do and how he should work. He's God, and he can do whatever he wants, and we very much cannot say, I don't need the Holy Spirit. He's optional. For those kind of loopy Christians, that's for them, but the Holy Spirit is not for me, but he's God, and being God, we cannot ignore him, and we cannot say, I'm not quite comfortable with that. He's God, so this to me has been a big revelation lately of just my own attitude and my own approach to the Holy Spirit um, and just how I view him as now I view him, wanting to view him as God. Um, and so I know that's confusing. I know the Trinity is confusing, but we don't want to close off to the Holy Spirit. Having said that, the Holy Spirit doesn't force himself on people either. I've heard it say that he's a gentleman, but, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't really say he's a gentleman in Scripture, but I think the point of that is he doesn't force himself on us. Just like God doesn't make people be saved, right? We have to want, we have to ask, we have to respond, we have to allow, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We have to ask, we have to respond, we have to allow God's work in our lives and for him to come. So he's not going to force himself on us. But we have to acknowledge him. We have to acknowledge that he's here. We have to acknowledge that where two or more are gathered, he's here. We don't have to beg him to come. We don't have to, you know, he's here. He's here. And he's just as he's in us always, he's also in our midst here. 
And so, you know, you go to church services where they're calling the Holy Spirit the whole time, and it's like, well, he's here. Pay attention to him. Don't ignore him. And don't think that he has to work a certain way. He doesn't. He doesn't have to do it the way you think. He is God. And so he is here. We have to stop and notice and acknowledge. I know I keep saying that, but I think I, for some reason, just feel passionate about that. <laughs> so I think it's just that understanding, you know, he's not, woo um, Yeah, you may say, how do you know God is touching? I mean, most of us, Sometimes, how do you know that he's here and how do you know he's touching us? I mean, we know he's here because the Bible says, so we just take it on faith. But then when he's manifesting and moving, sometimes you can feel um, maybe a little like weak in your knees if God is touching you. Or you can feel emotional. I often feel emotional. But I mean, a lot of people do when the Holy Spirit is touching them. You might just cry and worship and you don't know why. But it's because God's presence is here. Eyelids can flutter a little bit when God is touching you, um, like electricity. Sure, lightning can come. So those are kind of ways that God touches us. There's many other ways. People laugh. I've, you know, people burst out laughing because they're so overcome with joy. So joy of the Lord just hits them, and they are overcome, and that's a real thing. Um, I once, um, there was a man who came up, and when I was leading worship um, at a different church, and a man came up afterwards and said that he experienced, it was just singing a normal song. It might have even been singing a hymn. It's not super spiritual songs and then not super. It's like, it was, we were singing a hymn. And he said, uh, he came up after and he said, it was the first time I ever experienced the presence of God. And you know, if you were there, it didn't look like much was happening, but he wept through the worship and was getting touched by God. And it was a hymn. And so it's not certain songs that are calling the fire down and it's not other ones. Does it make sense? It's just God coming and touching people. And he wasn't laying on the floor. Not that there's anything wrong if he was laying on the floor, but God can also move in a very natural way. And sometimes we don't see it. Is this okay? Are you guys with me? Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more on the Holy Spirit. Just teaching what the Word says. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a seal within us. At salvation, Christ himself comes to dwell within us by the Holy Spirit, and then he acts as a seal or a deposit in us, guaranteeing our inheritance. Guaranteeing. There's nothing that anyone can do to take away from us. It's a supernatural act. When we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and acts as a seal and a deposit saying, this is a son and a daughter of God, and nothing can take that away from us. Nothing. That is assurance of salvation, and it's the Holy Spirit in us that we belong to God. And it seals and guarantees our inheritance. It's a guarantee. So whether you feel it or not, it's the truth of the Word of God. And I think it came through in the worship this morning, just what Jesus has done for us and all the reasons we have to be thankful. So the Holy Spirit is a seal. I'll read the verse. Ephesians 1.13. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So we become part of God's family.
Again, it's a supernatural exchange. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit, when we don't feel like a son or a daughter, the Holy Spirit testifies within us of what we are and what we know and awakens in us who we are and who we're always meant to be, that we're a son and a daughter of God. I love this next one. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is our advocate and help. And even as I was studying this week, this word advocate, it's amazing. An advocate will publicly stand up for you in front of a trial or a jury, will publicly stand with you, will be on your side, will be, give credibility to you in front of other people. That's the Holy Spirit for us. He, that was amazing to me. I was thinking about it. I was like, he's, he would publicly stand with me and say, Vanessa belongs to God and she is righteous. She is these things in front of somebody who's attacking or accusing or whatever, the lies of the enemy that come, the doubts. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's cheering us on. He's fighting for us. He's with us. He's standing up for us. He's our help. He supports us. He's on our side when we feel inadequate, when we feel discouraged. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus says in John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Not only do we have an advocate and help, but he is with us forever. He is God with us forever. And he'll never leave us. Jesus said that, Jesus even said himself when he left, when he ascended into heaven, that it was good for him to go. Imagine that. He said it was good for him to go so that the promised Holy Spirit, so that what's better for us could come. Imagine Jesus saying, it's good for me to go so that you can have the Holy Spirit. That's how much, how important the Holy Spirit is in all the things that we do. That was also mind-boggling to me (laughs) as I was relearning this week. How often we try to do things on our own and God has given us his Spirit to help us to help us and be an advocate. The same way that Jesus was physically present with the disciples, now the Holy Spirit is physically present, you know, present with us always and never will leave us. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. John 6, 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He's our teacher. So I think I covered, sorry, bear with me. And you may be skeptical about the Holy Spirit or maybe been in some meetings where you've seen some stuff that didn't seem real or was worked up. I know I have growing up in a church. I was in meetings where it seemed a little bit weird or where not always authentic. Um, We've all heard of people who go up for prayer and are pushed down a little bit to fall down. You know, you hear those stories. They felt a little push, not just like falling down under the anointing, because people can feel the need to make things happen. But we don't want to, because of those things, close ourselves off to the presence of God. That's not a reason to actually close ourselves off to God's spirit, because God is God, and He does want to move, even if some people maybe do work it up or whatever. 
we shouldn't judge. We just know that God does want to move in these ways. But he often moves in a very natural way. The Holy Spirit can move in a very naturally supernatural way. And I talked about this a little bit. When God speaks to us, it doesn't mean we're going to be laying on the floor in a trance-like state, you know, shaking. He often speaks to us, as he does to many of you, just as you're going about your day. Just when I'm doing things in the kitchen and I'm focusing on him, or I'm cleaning up, or I'm having some quiet time, that's when God speaks to me and when he comes and meets with us. So it's not to say he doesn't ever come in power and with lightning, but a lot of times it's in the still small voice and he gently leads us and gently speaks to us and guides us and it's in a very natural way. So I mean, I think we've all experienced it, but it can be when you're reading the word and a verse is highlighted to you by the spirit and all of a sudden you have revelation that you didn't have before. Um, if you get a word at church and everybody around thinks it's not that significant of a word, but to you, you had just asked God that morning to speak to you about that thing. And then you get a word that speaks right to it. It doesn't look very supernatural, but it is supernatural, but it's also in a natural way. You can get prayer and all of a sudden you're able to forgive someone that you weren't able to forgive. That was the Holy Spirit that broke a chain in our lives. So yeah, the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. He's always in us, making us more like Jesus. But again, sometimes we miss it, what God is doing, because we want to see some big manifestation or a big event, and you can miss it, what God is doing. Not that he doesn't ever manifest that way, but oftentimes it's in a still, small voice and a gentle leading. So I wanted to say that to position ourselves just to receive more of the Holy Spirit, we just need to get alone with God. We just need to get alone with Him, quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, close out all the distractions. We have three kids and a dog now, a puppy, so it's very hard to find any kind of quiet in our house. <laughs> Both you and I are like, man, we never have peace and quiet. But for God to touch us, we We've got to find some time that it's quiet and where we can tell our mind and our hearts to quiet and just say, Lord, come. And just say, Lord, come, touch me. And let the Holy Spirit come, and then you just receive. You can't work it up. You can't make it happen. It's, just a, it's literally just an asking and a receiving. We don't earn it. It's just, Lord, please come, come touch me. And in our home, the presence of God can come and just minister to us in that moment. So I think for me, it was a good reminder of just reminding myself that God wants to minister to us. He wants to come, but sometimes we don't make the time or we're not asking, and we actually desperately need him to come and touch us. We need to be continuously filled by the Spirit. How's everyone? Good? You still with me? Okay. We need to be continuously filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It can also be understood or translated as continuously filled with the Spirit. So we have the Spirit at salvation, and that's never going to be taken away. But then we need to live a life filled with the Spirit, filled up to overflowing, filled with the peace and the joy and the love and the righteousness of Jesus. When we're dry or weary, does anyone get dry or thirsty or weary here? I do. <laughs> we do. 
Life gets the better of us. Our boss yells at us. Our kids drain us. Sometimes your spouse also drains you. Not that Hugh ever drains me, but sometimes your spouse can drain you. You know, people hurt you. There's all kinds of things that kind of drain the life of God from us. And then our just normal day-to-day stuff, just tiredness, all kinds of things. So we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled up again, continuously filled with the wine of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord, the refreshing. We need it. There's no shame in it. I need it. So being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time thing, like I said, at Salvation. It's a continual thing. And um, how do we be filled with the Spirit? I mean, we talked about how we just need to ask and receive, but how do we live this life of being continuously filled and getting more of God's Spirit? And John 7.38 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit. And what does it say? It says, whoever believes in me. It's linked to belief and trust in Jesus. Our being filled is linked with our own trust and surrender to God. It's not a belief like a salvation belief. Like the first time you get saved, you, have, you believe, right? You believe in Jesus, that he's God, and that he died on the cross for your sins, and you receive him as your Lord and Savior. It's a daily deepening trust with God. A daily deepening trust. And I'm, I'm emphasizing this because it was new to me. So you might be sitting here and saying, duh. But for me, it was new that the way we'd be filled with the Spirit is by ever trusting in Jesus all the time. Every day, trusting in more, deeper trust. Six, uh, John 6.35, he that believeth in me, again, believe, will never thirst. That's a reference to being filled with the Spirit. You'll never thirst. The Spirit will fill you up. Again, linked to belief, to our faith. So it's not an overnight thing. We can't be discouraged that we don't experience the fullness of the Spirit right now, this moment. It's not like that. It's as we grow and as we mature and as we surrender more and trust Jesus more, as we walk with Him more, He fills us more. He fills us more. And we, can, we experience more of the Spirit. So again, it's a process. It's not like an overnight filling and all of a sudden you have a charismatic moment and spirit comes down and you're just woo. And then of course it gets drained again in the week, right? It gets drained again in the week and then you have to go back for your next filling. It doesn't, but a real continual filling of the spirit comes from a more of a surrender to Jesus, more of a, a maturing in our faith, more of a walking with the Lord. So you can still have those moments with the Lord where he just comes down and fills you. That's all good and fine. But to keep that, it comes from like a life that's more surrendered to Jesus and trusting Jesus more and more. So I think God is trusting Jesus. I'm going to read what I have here because it's better. (laughs) It's a deep trust in Jesus that he is who he says he is And he will do what he said he will do, despite all obstacles and everything in the natural that we see. And we don't get discouraged if we don't experience that all the time. It's a journey of faith. From what I read in scripture, it's by trusting in Jesus that living waters will flow from within us, gush from within us, fresh, pure, life-giving water 
that will flow onto people around us. And that's what the scripture says, and that's real. And waters that can refresh others and bring peace and joy to us and to others. So that, I hope I didn't emphasize, I hope that was okay. I'm not emphasizing this too much. But when we surrender to Jesus, when we let go of things, it's hard to surrender. It's hard. It's so hard. I don't think we should lie to ourselves that it's like, ooh, I can, I trust Jesus. It's hard to surrender. We didn't want to plan a church. And I'll just use our story because I have our story. But we didn't want to plan a church at all. And this is our journey. There were many times where God asked us to surrender things and say yes to him. But we were, you know, we were so settled. We were so settled. We were so rooted and content. I just wanted to lead worship at that church and be on the worship team with my friends and just live out the rest of my days there. And I, I was so happy. I was like, that would make me as content as can be. We're not planning a church. And then God slowly started uprooting. Marie has the same story because those of you who came with us and planted with us were also rooted and settled and content. And then God began to uproot us, our hearts. And we slowly started to say yes to him and to surrender to him. And when you do that, when you're not fighting and wrestling God, you, you start to experience peace and joy that comes in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can fill you. And we all have things that God will, ha- will ask us to surrender. And a lot of times we say, Lord, a lot of times it's the things that we worry and stress about the most. And we say, Lord, I will, yes, I'll live a life that's full of the Spirit and surrender to you when you just fi- fix this one thing. Just fix this one thing. I just really need this thing to be solved. We all have those things, right? Like you're just holding with like white-fisted knuckles. <laughs> like, no, I just need this thing to go away. But that's the thing that God is wanting us to do this to. And that's the thing that we're going like this. No, Lord, if you do this, then I will believe in you. If you resolve this for me, I have things like that. But that's the thing that he's saying, surrender. And we think we're surrendering, but we're still white-knuckled over here with something. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. (laughs) I have those things. So that's the, I think God is stirring us and more, the more we want of his spirit, the more we want to experience his righteousness, peace, and joy in our lives, the more we let go and the more we say, Lord, I trust you with this thing that's just so big and that's so hard to let go of. And we stop fighting God. And I felt like God would just encourage us this morning to not get discouraged or to give up, to not let fear stop us when we don't see the things that we want to see, to not let fears hold us back, but to keep going in him, keep holding fast to Jesus, knowing that he is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he will do. Persevere in faith. God will make a way. I felt that's a word from him today. He will make a way. God will make a way where there's no way, where there's no way. He's a God who makes streams in the deserts and in the wilderness. And that's the verse that God gave me, Isaiah 43, 19. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that's a word for us as a church, for the things that we're trusting for, a restoration. For like God is saying, I will make a way. And we're saying, Lord, make a way. And we're praying that. And that's for all of us. We serve the God of the impossible. And he says, whoever believes in me will never be put to shame will never be put to shame. 
when you trust in Jesus. Is that possible? But that is the word of God. It is possible. He who believes in me will never be put to shame. And he will make a way. He will make a way. So I want to pray for us this morning. I, I just feel like God wants to fill us afresh. I feel like some of us, maybe he has been asking to surrender something. Or maybe some of us just want to experience more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we want to make room to be able to pray for that. And we can just maybe all stand. If you're here and you, if God has prompted you to maybe lay some things down, or maybe he's highlighted something that we do need to lay down, and we just want to do that. Or maybe you just want to experience a refreshing, or just a filling again, just for what you have to do in life. So is it okay if I just pray for us? Father, we love you this morning, God. Jesus, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. I just thank you that you don't leave us alone, Lord, that you are the advocate, the Holy Spirit. God, I just thank you that you make a way in the desert and in the wilderness, God. And so, Father, I just pray for that now. We just ask for you to make a way, Lord. We just ask for you to make a way, God, to move mountains, God, to make streams in the wilderness and in the desert, God. We just pray for that, Lord. Pray for your life. Pray for your peace to come. We pray for your joy to come, God. So you just fill us now, God. We just wait and receive from you, God, and we wait on you right now. Thank you, God. Just pray for your spirit to come and touch people, God, to fill them, Lord, to refresh them, God. Just pray for more of your Holy Spirit, God. Father, we just lay down those areas of our lives that we hold on so tightly to, God. We say we trust you. We trust you deeper today. Jesus, we trust you deeper. We surrender to you again and again, Lord, and we just ask for you to fill us, God. Help us, Lord. Fill us, God. Fill us, God.